So how do you keep it personal with like your employees? I know we talked about it a little bit, but I know you're in Costa Rica. I'm sure your team is, are they all throughout the U.S. or where are they based? Yeah, they're scattered all throughout the U.S. Mm -hmm. So how do you keep it personal with them? Keep it personal. I would say uh, a lot of our conversations, our check-ins that we have are not just business. We get down to business. We get through what we need to. Um, My favorite, I have like three questions I always ask in every team meeting, which is, what should we do more of? What should we do less of? And what's getting in your way? Mm. That's it. That You could, anything you need, you can get from those three questions. Anything you yeah. need to know to action. So I really focus on that with a team meeting, but then we get into just like life updates. How are things going? Um, you know, I'm not one for like the virtual happy hours or coffee. Like <laughs> no. I just can't, <laughs> I can't. Me neither. But no, and I would love to host everyone to come down here and, and have in-person meetings. That's a big goal for us in 2024 mm. is having more in-person interactions with the team. Um, several of them are new starting in like September. So wow. we're, uh, we're on our way to really, I heck, I just had last month, I just had my first all hands team meeting. Everybody was in silos for so long working Whoa. on marketing or ops. And then now we're, a full-blown team who have my company on their LinkedIn profile, which is kind of surreal. That's kind of a really interesting That's little really cool. mile marker to be like, somebody has my company on their their, their uh, LinkedIn resume. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's so, yeah. I think that's like a big accomplishment because yeah, it, yeah it, I feel like it, there, there are moments when you're in business where it starts to feel real, right? You know, you might like cut your first check or, you know, you might get your first client and, you know, the first LinkedIn nod is pretty sweet too. And yeah, yeah I mean, I worked for a company, we, uh, we were a thousand people, a hundred percent remote. And it was the same thing where we, we had these, these virtual happy hours and these virtual coffee things or like forced networking. And I was like, Oh gosh, like, I, I, I don't yeah. want to do it, but like, it's, so it's figuring out how to foster like a fun collaborative virtual culture without making it too forced, I guess. Yeah, it's really hard to force conversation, but I think that when you create an environment where people can talk to each other and have reasons to interact with each other, those conversations will naturally flow. And I think if you also recruit the people who have the right values and you're recruiting the right people into your team, the conversations will naturally flow because people will find commonalities. People will find things that will connect them naturally Mm -hmm. and start those conversations without you. I think when you try to force those conversations is when it comes across as forced and fabricated. I think you just have to let the relationships happen and be willing that to guess embrace that it's going to take some time for people to get to know each other and open up. Totally. And you mentioned core values. That's something that, because uh, when we do our presentations with some of our entrepreneurs and everybody, like every time I bring up core values, everyone kind of rolls their eyes or they're like, oh, dude, like this, this is corny or whatever it might be. But truly when you have people who do embody your core values and when you've clearly defined your core values, it makes a world of a difference. Because what I've seen is like, if you don't define the core values, your, your employees are going to do it for you. So like you need to have something that is clearly laid out and like we have them on the wall. Like we, we, we put yeah. them up, uh, we make sure, and it's not like the Pledge of Allegiance or anything, um, but you know. Is there a picture of a lion with a big word? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah a, a big lion and like one big thing. No, I mean, integrity. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like a, a big mountain range. Um, yeah. And then it, and then it says perseverance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, it's, a, you know, train daily, play fair, 
no ego and serve others, right? Like if we don't have people who like, if they don't meet that in the interview process, we're not bringing them on board. And then one of Ryan's favorite quotes is, you know, we're not a family, we're a team. I think we're somewhere in the middle. Um, But what I mean by that is, you know, we do evaluate our employees on like a quarterly basis, right? They know it too. But it's like, hey, are they still embodying our core values? Uh, Because, you know, sometimes people fall out of alignment for whatever reason, and that's okay. Um, We've had people who their goals just didn't line up anymore, right? We teach financial freedom. We teach how to build wealth through real estate. So sometimes it's only natural that some of our employees follow our playbook and they kind of leave their nine to five to go do their thing and we wish them the best. So it happens a lot. But, you know, we we, we just need to make – so in your business – how, what's your recruiting process like? Oh, I, I love my process and I have a phenomenal fractional HR rep who has taught me how to do this. And it really comes down to identifying the core competencies of a role, but also the core traits you want the person to have. And it's not about like demographic data or they need to have a certain personality type or something like that and, and narrowing your focus. It's more about, and some of mine were, I need them to be a lifelong learner. I need them to embrace curiosity and growth through knowledge, like never feeling like they know enough and always seeking out on their own something new they can do. That is a really big, important thing for me to have that attitude, because I think attitude is always the first thing is if you are a lifelong learner, I can teach you anything. As long as you are asking thoughtful questions, I can teach you anything. You don't have to come to the table with a ton of tax knowledge in order to thrive in a CPA firm. You have to have an open mind and an ability to learn. And that is really what I realized the core skill set, the real core competency was, was ability to learn quickly on the fly and to seek out that new knowledge. Um, Sidebar, I have a friend who um, specifically is a CPA for spicy businesses. So we're talking about like exotic dancers and stars, folks that you probably know in Vegas. (laughs) Don't know (laughs) them too well, but (laughs) (laughs) right. Otherwise we're in trouble. But but they're they're around. Um, But but here's the funny thing is that she and actually we were there in Vegas when I was there with Ryan. Um, Mm -hmm. I actually got to chat with her. And funny thing is that she has a team that is all musicians. They do tax returns, but they're all like trumpet and guitar players and, you know, musicians. And I said, how did that work out? And she said, believe it or not, somehow the skill in learning a new instrument and the, the practice of that and the repetition makes them really good learners. And you can teach them a rule and they will apply it. And I was like, who knew? So it really doesn't have to be in the exact science that you're in, but knowing that there are going to be people who are the right fit for your company culturally, but you can teach the skill set too. I think we turn that on its head too often where we try to find somebody who's pre-packaged and like all ready to go, but then they usually aren't a cultural fit. There's Mm -hmm. always this kind of trade-off between the two things. I always look for attitude first and say, I can teach you the stuff later as long as you want to learn. Totally. I, I think that's so impactful. And I, whenever I think about like our recruiting process and when we did turn it on its head and we had somebody who might have had all the right skills on paper and then we brought them in and they just didn't work out. And it wasn't because they didn't do their job effectively, but because they weren't a culture fit, they knew they weren't a culture fit, probably whether it was subconsciously or consciously, their work performance went down too. So we didn't even get 
the best performance out of all their skills that they had because they weren't a culture fit in the beginning. So I, I agree with that. It's like, yeah, can I trust you? And are you a culture fit? I think are the two biggest things that, that we look into. I call it like the vibe check, right? Like every time yeah. that we like, we, we're just like, are we, are we on the same wavelength here before we actually, you know, pull the trigger and, and get together?